Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. And good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighter's Fury here on 790 The Ticket. It's going to be a very, very exciting show, ladies and gentlemen, as we have an action-packed show. A lot of boxing is kicking off 2020. We've given you guys the rundown here in South Florida of all the things coming down. Later on today's show, uh, we will talk to Tevin Farmer, who is going to be part of the DAZN card down here, Super Bowl week in Miami. But we will start off in studio as local superstar Bad Blake Davis joins us in studio as he is going to be headlining his own card coming up next Friday live from the Sport of Kings Theater at Gulfstream Park. Blake, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thank you. It's good to finally do this. So this is interesting that you guys are doing this at, uh, at Gulfstream Park. Uh, this is kind of under your own banner. And uh, one of the things that's that's been very noticeable early going in your boxing career is you pack the house, man. Like this is this has been very noticeable anytime we've seen you at the Hard Rock or whatnot. Uh, that you you bring yourself a, a big time crowd, and so doing something kind of under your own banner was this something that uh, that you want to do, knew, knowing that uh, you could kind of center the show around yourself and and put a lot of uh, people up, uh, uplift a lot of people locally that that could come watch you as well. Well, yeah, you know, obviously you've been to some of my fights. Um, the support I received has been incredible. Um, you know, my last fight, the Hard Rock, I sold thirty grand in tickets. So, you know, I just figured I want to do things the right way and saw a business opportunity and decided to open my own promotion. So, you know, now we're having the first show that Goldstream has had in the Sport of Kings Theater. And we're looking to just blow things up, be the good guys in boxing and just do things the right way. What, what do you think has been the secret sauce to, to your early popularity, man? You're 4-0, a couple of knockouts. So this is, this is early going in your boxing career, but why, why have you captivated the South Florida audience so fast, so early in your boxing career? Well, I've always been an athlete. Uh, I was born and raised in Cooper City, Florida. I've lived in the same house my whole life. So obviously I've generated some following and friends and family friends. My family's very popular. Uh, you know, my dad owns a company, J&J Davis Plumbing. They've been around for 40 years. So, you know, we're, um, it's just a small town and everyone knows each other. And I've just developed a good name and I'm very honest, uh, transparent person. And people just want to support me. So, you know, when I decided to turn pro, you know, I I advertised as much as I could on Facebook and Instagram, and it was just unbelievable, the support and the ticket money that was coming in, the people that were coming, and pe my friends were coming, my friends' friends were coming, family friends, and, you know, it just turned out to be, uh, like, a, a huge a huge thing, you know, and... Yeah, what is the, what has this first year been like, turning pro, 4-0, uh, you, you had a very active year, um, did it? I mean, obviously you got you got all the wins, so I'm sure it's 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 gone all according to plan. But has it has it all has everything kind of come to fruition as you thought it would that first year? Yeah, I mean, you know, we obviously wanted to be active that first year, considering you know get our first couple fights in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just been, you know, we we were very active, and you know, once I started bringing all these people, I just saw a business opportunity, and then you know, I got some good people around me, and people that are willing to back me up. So I decided to open my own promotions and here we go. We're kickstarting bad promotions. And, and so that, and so that's, that's a really cool thing. So your own, your own promotion better. Was this something that, um, you know, people swayed you up against because they wanted you to just focus on, on the fighting or did they think like this is the right move because they knew uh, of, of the early popularity? 
Well, you know, I have two partners, Jesse Robinson and Johnny Farache. Um, Jesse Robinson was actually the one that was kind of the biggest one behind the idea of opening my own promotions. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just decided to go for it, and here we are. So, you know, it's just hopefully, you know, tickets are almost completely sold out already. We still have a couple tables and sofas for sale, which you could just reserve if anyone's listening in. You can just go ahead and tune into badpromotions.com and just reserve a table or sofa there. But, yeah, you know, we're just um, obviously the main goal is to focus on fighting, which is why I have support people, partners, and people around me to take over the promotional part. But, um, yeah, it's just um, we're going to see how it goes. Uh, Jesse Robinson, a friend of the program, we've had you on many times. Jesse, what did you see in Blake, and why did you you steer him in the? What did you see from him from a boxing talent standpoint, and then what made you steer him in that direction of wanting to make that decision of of doing an own promotional thing? Oh, I go back with uh, Blake at the amateur fights at the um, the gym. You know, uh, the heavyweight factory. He did the Golden Gloves there. Yeah, and he just uh, looked spectacular. And uh, he's looked like, uh, I, I think, uh, Tommy Hearns every time I see him. He got a big right hand, got a great jab, and he got the physical attributes. 6'5", uh, 175 pounds, a dream fighter. So we're looking at the uh, future plan of making this, this guy a superstar. You know, this kid is uh, selling tickets like popcorn, popping up, <laughs> pop, 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 you know. And, hey, it's, it's what the people want to see. I mean, you you have to build a local celebrity. Yeah, this kid is a local celebrity. He has the talent, he has the ability, and he put a get, put together a great team. Me, and Johnny, and Blade are doing some big things, and this show is just about sold out. And John, so, what is, what is uh, under the under the guys are putting this card together? What did uh, what were you looking for, and, and what do you think people can expect on the on show night? Well, you know, that's one of the things that we want to, you know, boxing is first and foremost, but it's also entertainment, too. So we want it to feel like a, a very entertaining boxing event. When you go, right when you walk into the event, you're going to know right away it's, it's going to be an elegant event. The theater is beautiful. Um, we have some pretty cool entertainment things, and we have an old school video arcade off to the side. That's you know, cool. For, yeah, we have um, uh, a nine-foot robot that's going to be shooting CO2 smoke for the fighters when they come walking out we got some really cool things that's really going to make the the night memorable but then the boxing is what's really going to put it over the top because we really got some great matches set up you know the, the other fights that are on the card are great too Blake what uh what, what, when did you know you wanted to do this uh you know when did you know you were good at fighting what you know what kind of led you down that path and then when did you know you were going to be good enough to try and make a living out of it well I never even started boxing until I was 18 years old I was 18 when I first stepped into a boxing gym. I was always an athlete. I wanted to play basketball or football or baseball. You know, I was just played all sports growing up. And my sophomore year in high school, I actually fractured my spine playing football. Jeez. Um, and doctors told me that I would probably never play sports again. So about a year into the recovery, I was at a house party and I actually ended up getting jumped. Um, by a bunch of older guys. There's about 10 of them. They beat me up real bad. They, they jumped me inside. Then when went outside, they jumped me outside. Then I r- ran through the house, went to the Hummer where how we got there. Yeah. And they actually came out and dragged me out the Hummer too. Jeez. And I decided that, um, you know, I was going to recover myself because I still had the brace on and stuff. So it took me about... So this was after the spinal injury. Exactly. I was still in the brace, but I took the brace off to go to the house party. And um, 
So, you know, my plan was to heal my back, and I did. I settled down, I healed my back, and I was going to get into a boxing gym, learn how to defend myself, and get back everybody that, you know, that had jumped me. So I went into a boxing gym, and I was consistent. I was in there training every single day, just reliving that moment over and over. And eventually the guy, Javier Centino, that I was, uh, that was his boxing gym, yeah. he said, you know, you should maybe compete. And I was like, okay. So I was in there every day for, for months, you know, just training hard, hard, hard. And it was actually Jeff Ports invited me to go and fight in the Ringside World Championships in Kansas City. So Jeff Ports took me over there for my first tournament. And the first round of my first amateur fight, I dropped a guy in the first round. I ended up winning the whole tournament. I fought four days in a row. And I won my first Ringside World Championships tournament that's as my first it. tournament. Yeah, that's how actually how I met Johnny Farace. And um, from there on, it was just, you know, climbing the ladder. Eventually, I made it to the Olympic team with 17 amateur fights. That's bananas. I was ranked number one in the country as a heavyweight. I fought heavyweight as an amateur. And um, I competed in Germany, in Germany in the Chemistry Cup. I lost my fight there. I came back home. I had a broken hand. So, um, you know, I had to heal my hand, took some time off, started golfing. And then I got that, that fight bug again, decided to come back, competed in a couple amateur fights. And I said, you know what, it's time to take this headgear off and these big gloves. And I have a lot of power, so we want to start utilizing my power. And we said it's time to strap up and put them pro gloves on. And March 1st, I came out booming. Yeah, you absolutely did. Was there anybody? Was there anybody who was a a, a particular inspiration, like family wise? Like, did did your family want you to fight? Because I know that's always an interesting nah, conversation. They, they didn't want me to fight. You know, uh, my parents love me. They care about me, so they were always trying to get me out of it. But even when I was on the Olympic team, they still, you know, they still didn't think it was a good thing for me. You know, I think they really realized that this was something real. Once um, once I turned pro and they saw all the Bad Davis shirts at the Hard Rock, and they just saw the the movement that I'm building. So here they are backing me up. My dad's the financial backing of this whole promotions. So you know they're definitely on board supporting me. You uh you 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 wear pink in the in the in the ring, and I noticed that you guys have the the breast cancer ribbon. Uh, is there a, a family tie there? Is there a reason behind that? Yeah, my mother a couple years ago uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she's had a real rough time with it. She's had close to 10 surgeries um so you know it was just breast cancer is something that's so easily treatable but if it's not caught in time it's deadly yeah. you know so i just bring out breast cancer awareness i wear pink i wear the breast cancer ribbons and just you know we're also going to donate five percent of all the net profit of bad promotions to breast cancer that's pretty. That's a that's a that's an incredible thing you're doing, man. That's really awesome. Really awesome. Uh, Blake Davis is going to be fighting at the at Gulfstream Park Sport of Kings Theater coming up on the 17th. That's this upcoming Friday. You guys got Wayne's at Frankie Sports Girl. You guys know we've done some things there. It's an awesome place. So you guys can go check out the show there uh, as well. Uh, Jesse, what do you think as far as the the outlook for for Blake this upcoming year? You guys, uh, the first year it went absolutely smoothly. What are you looking for in year two? Well, I'm looking for Blake to explode this year. He's going to get uh, consistent fights. We're going to do uh, consistent promotions at the um, cup screen. And we're just looking to do some big things. You know, fighting game is serious business. And uh, Blake has the charisma. He has the talent. He has the look. He will be a star. We were planning to make him a superstar. 
So we just want to nurture his career and move him slowly and do the right thing. You how, know? how is as a few like because I know you know talking to a lot of young fighters that's a, that's always such a uh, a tough thing because you do have to have this this build up and get your record up and you have uh, that slow climb. Are you are you trying to em- embrace all of that that comes with it and, and the lessons that come from fight to fight or you know and as a guy who's had a lot of stuff that you've built very fast with a big following coming fast and, and big crowds that have come fast. Uh, does that make you kind of want to go into the fire of like, you know, huge arenas and all that kind of stuff uh, to, to come quickly? But knowing that also you also have to get, uh, you know, you have, you have to put time in as, as a professional as well. Of course. Well, you know, I'm a, I still have a lot of learning to do. Like I said, I started when I was 18. So I'm pretty much still a baby in the game. I've learned very fast. Um, so, you know, we're in no rush, but you know, we're in, um, you know, increasing the competition with each fight and just stepping up and constantly learning and getting better. And we're building ourselves to a world title, you know, don't know how fast we'll get there, but, you know, that's where we're trying to get. And when people come to watch you uh, in action, like you have a fight that goes down perfect in your mind. I know everybody, you got to be prepared for everything. You got to be well-rounded and everything, but uh, your bread and butter, like what is the thing that you, you love as a, if a fight is executed to, to perfection and it goes the way you want to go, what, is a, what are the, the weapons you like unleashing on an opponent? Well, I have a great jab. I have a strong right hand. I have a strong left hand to the body. You know, I pretty much got a full arsenal, uh, wicked uppercut. Um, you know, I, I'm just very heavy-handed, you know, with both hands, raw power in both hands. So, obviously, the goal is to just put my opponent down and, and call, it, call it an early night, you know. Absolutely. Um, before we get out of here, guys, uh, last last messages for those last few tickets that are out there for Gulfstream, uh, Sport of Kings Theater. What do you want to let people know? It's going to be one of the best events, but most entertaining box events you've been to. You know, we got the robot. We got beautiful ring girls. The We got a little arcade with old school fight games. You know, it's a beautiful theater. Um, it's just going to it's going to be ran the right way. It's going to be it's bad promotions. High-class boxing and entertainment. John, anything you want to let people know? Yeah, you know, um, Blake is obviously the main attraction, and he's going to be the main attraction. But also on the card, we have a two-time world champion female, Marine Shea. Wow. Yeah, she's coming back, too. She's on her road back to a uh, super bantamweight championship that she's looking to and uh, capture again. Uh, David Estrada, who's a former BKB world champion, he's been in the ring with uh, Andre Berto and Jose uh, Soto Carras. Uh, he's on the card. We also have Rafael Akbajori, who's a six foot ten basketball player from the University of Miami, playing uh, Mike Ford, or, uh, playing <laughs> fighting Mike Ford, who's a former USF footballer. So wow. we got basketball against football. Very and cool. You know you can't play boxing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate you guys stepping in. It's been good to finally get to do this, Blake, and uh, looking forward to the fight this coming week. Thank, Thank you, Brandon. Thank thanks, you Brandon. so much, Brandon. All right, guys, we'll be back with more Fighters Fury. Tevin Farmer's going to join us. We'll talk about his upcoming fight in Miami. We'll also get to Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone, as McGregor makes his return next week for UFC 246. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Ah, uh, Thanks again to... Bad Blake Davis for stopping by the studio. It's been fun to finally get a chance to do that. And you guys, it sounds like you're in for a hell of a show coming up next Friday at Gulfstream Park. So thanks again to him for joining us. As I said, it's going to be a very, very busy first quarter here uh, with combat sports. You got this coming up. We have ourselves the DAZN car, which is coming up Super Bowl week. Tevin Farmer is going to join us later on today's program as we'll get into uh, some of that with the uh, with with the action there. But 
We uh, want to get into a little bit of UFC. So we got Conor McGregor is going to be making his return to the octagon. That is coming up next week, and it's pretty crazy. It's just it's it's kind of snuck up on us. We're starting to finally see some uh, some Conor McGregor media, which has been uh, which has been unleashed as he did a. I I don't know if they're doing like a longer version of a sit down or whatnot because I've only seen the uh, the early goings of it. So I got I gotta imagine there's got to be more coming with uh, with this sit down with ESPN, but. Uh, Ariel Helwani did a sit down with uh, with Conor McGregor, and they discussed the cowboy fight and what made him want to do the cowboy fight. And you know, it's uh, it's been interesting because Conor's been this on this super respectful tour, which is uh, a little odd. It's not like what we're we're used to with Conor. We normally want to see the bleep talking. We normally want to see the shenanigans and all the stuff that unfolds with that when it comes to uh, when it comes to the uh, the former lightweight champion and the former featherweight champion of the world. So. It's been a bit strange getting nice Conor McGregor uh, as as uh, you know he's like yeah you know this is uh, this is this is uh, I've you know Donald went around this fight the right way this is the fight that he decided to go forth and I like the way that he promoted proper whiskey and I was just like this is so odd like it's you don't have uh, you don't have Conor McGregor who is uh, who's just insulting everybody left and right and I gotta be honest with you I kind of miss it I kind of miss the, the the shenanigans I miss I miss the uh, I miss the guy who will hose down anybody. I feel like uh, Donald Cerrone brings a lot to the table. Maybe that'll come, uh, I guess, Wednesday is the press conference with these two. So maybe that'll come then and we'll be able to see uh, a little bit more fireworks. But, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what the uh, what the buzz is going to be like fight week for Conor McGregor. Everybody misses this guy fighting. That's, uh, that's, that's what it all comes down to, you know, when you see all this stuff that has been out of the ring and and uh, you know him him getting bothered on uh, on South Beach by uh, by dude with a with a fanny pack and you know him punching the old man in Ireland like nobody wants to see that everybody wants to see uh, the guy do what he can do in the octagon uh, and see what he can do but but the thing is like this is uh, this has been touted as a fight that is almost a tune up and that's not something the UFC typically does. Um, you know yes Donald Cerrone is has a lot of fights under his belt you know he's. He's he's 36 years old, and he has got more wins than anybody in UFC history. He's lost a couple in a row, but think about who he's lost to. I mean, like you're talking about a guy who's gone out there and he's lost to Justin Gaethje, who's an absolute monster, and he's lost to Tony Ferguson. And you know, don't forget that Tony Ferguson fight was was uh, was very competitive back and forth. Uh, he just had his eye turned into a Frankenstein. Like it was disgusting. You know, very puffy, couldn't continue anymore. And you know Donald Cerrone's a psychopath, so he's going to go out there and say, "Oh yeah, 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 let's let's go out there, let's continue it." And you, you just couldn't. I mean, he had a his his eye turned basically into a plum. It was it was disgusting. So you think about that that run that he was on beforehand, though, where he took out Mike Perry, like an absolute like an absolute psycho, just going and getting that armbar. The Alex Hernandez fight, where everybody you know Alex Hernandez was talking a bunch of mess to Donald Cerrone, and he diced up a very good prospect, a guy that. They were trying to build off of Don Cerrone, you know, much like they did with Darren Till and like they did with Leon Edwards. Uh, and then Ally Quinta is 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 one of the you know the cream of the crop, man. This guy is this guy's absolutely great. So it's tough putting Donald Cerrone in this case of oh he is he is just here to get Conor McGregor right. Nah, that I just I can't buy into that. And you know, the more I think about it, the more I think about how skilled these guys are. The idea that they're both that 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 Connor's going to get uh, Don Cerrone to go night night early that's that's been a very popular pick that that Connor's going to go out there and 
you know, because Connor's a fast starter, he can bully a little bit. Those are a bit of Donald Cerrone's, uh, if you want to call it kryptonite, sure. I guess we could we could put it under that that caveat. But uh, if you want a path to victory to beaten Donald Cerrone, it's normally get him fast. And, you know, from my standpoint, yeah, I guess Connor can go out there and he can go and, and try and get this thing, uh, get this thing early. Uh, it is, it is, the welterweight thing is interesting to me because for me, it's a bit of an X factor because Connor's saying that he's underweight. Is he going to carry that same power to Don Cerrone up at 170? Is he? I mean, like he says that, yeah, he's going to be able to go out there and he could beat him in any weight. I believe his quote to Helwani was, I could beat him with the flu. It's a great quote. But he, even still, you're talking about an all-time striker. You're talking about a guy who has so many fights under his belt. Um, you don't think that Don Cerrone is going to know to look for that for that magic left hand? The thing that's going to be interesting with Connor watching this fight, I thought the thing that was very much missing from his last performance against Khabib Nurmagomedov was that speed. We didn't see Conor McGregor, the speed demon, the guy who was like the master of movement, the in and outs. We saw a guy who was very plodding, very deliberate, uh, very predictable, and I think you need to see a guy who's got that 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 jolt back to him in the octagon. That is that is one of those things that makes him special. Not just that magical left hand that has put away so many guys, but the distance, the kicks, the amount the 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 amount of space he's able to cause on guys. And if he doesn't have that entire toolbox with him, you're in for a, you're in for a long haul against Donald Cerrone. And we know as the fights go longer, Conor McGregor doesn't get better. You know he's typically a guy as the fight goes on. His uh his 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 talents deteriorate a little bit, and with Donald that's not necessarily the case. He's been in there with plenty of long wars. He's been in there every kind of situation. And we've as we've mentioned, if you don't get him fast, if you don't get him in that first round, are you in the midst of some serious trouble? And so now we're talking about well, what is the window that Conor McGregor has to really go win this fight? I will say this, um, though I think he's going to have trouble finishing Donald, uh putting him away early, I don't necessarily think that means he can't go out and win himself a decision. One, you're going to have a crowd, I got to imagine, is going to be very pro Conor McGregor. I don't even necessarily know if that means there's going to be a ton of Irish people there, but you know that that crowd is going to lean very heavily towards him. And so anything that he does, that's going to sway the judges. I mean, that's going to be one of those cases where he's going to be able to go out there and maybe maybe it moves the people that way, which will also be interesting to know whether or not Don Cerrone tries to go and get some takedowns. If if he's able to, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big factor in this game that hasn't been talked about it much because you think that these guys are going to go out there and they're going to throw down like crazy. But Donald's got to know that too that this is going to be one of those those cases where plenty of people are going into this fight thinking, okay, what's the path to victory here? What are the things we got to go out there? And a guy who's as much of a veteran as Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He's got to know that every strike that Connor throws out on the feet is going to be one where it's much. It's going to be very, very favored as far as the crowd maybe being able to sway the judges. So if we see those sick takedowns, if we start seeing that that uh, that jujitsu game that he's able to bring to the table as well, I mean those are the things that can really take those factors out for Connor. They really, really can. Um, and ultimately, what we're talking about here is we have a guy who in Don Cerrone is probably a little bit over the hill. He's probably not he's probably not in in at the peak of his powers. He's not probably in his prime. But we also got to remember with Conor McGregor, he's a guy that hasn't been very active. I mean, he's been a guy that's been out of the octagon. 
He is back in training. He looks like he's in tremendous shape. Although, I feel like people have made a little bit much of, oh, Conor McGregor looks jacked. Conor, Conor McGregor has always looked in great shape. He's never missed weight. He's always looked He's always looked tremendous. He didn't look physically as good against, uh, uh, against Khabib, but... Um, you know, I think a lot of that also had to do with what Khabib was able to do to him. So I don't want to take all all credit away from Namaga Madoff, the champ, who was able to go and have that great performance against Conor. But he didn't. I'm telling you, the big thing that was very noticeable from that last fight was the speed factor. It really, it really, it really stood out about how much uh, Conor wasn't able to go out there and just be be where other people weren't. That that's always been such a, a huge key for him. You think about the success that he's had in those certain fights. It comes from those certain angles. It comes from it comes from finding those spots because he's not he's not a guy who you necessarily think has the most devastating knockout power. But man, he just he finds those pristine angles uh, and has put it on some amazing strikers, and so much so that they have not been able to continue. So ultimately, let's get down to this. Okay, so what do we think is going to happen in this damn fight? It's a very hard fight to predict because there's a lot of X factors. There's a lot of things that we don't know. We don't know what kind of Donald Cerrone we're going to get. We don't know what kind of Conor McGregor we're going to get. I think that for everybody who thinks that Conor is going to go out and finish Don Cerrone fast, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that there may be a spot where he gets Donald in a little bit of danger, um, but I just feel like this is one of those things where I don't, I don't know if Conor is going to be in in the mode where he's going to want put to put pedal to the metal right away because he is he's always been a guy who's been a little bit conscious of. Uh, of that gas tank, of uh, especially as he's gotten older in his career, to to maintain throughout a fight. So I don't know if he's going to be able to want to press on the gas right away with with Cowboy, even though that might be his most convincing way to win and to really show guys, hey, he's back. Um, the thing that's going to be interesting is as this fight goes on, what are we going to get? And I could definitely see a back and forth with these guys going the distance, and I really feel this is this is setting up. Uh, for Connor to win by decision. I really, really do. Very tightly contested fight. Both guys having their moments back and forth. Um, but it, it, it's one of those things where when you dismiss a guy who's as good as Donald Cerrone, like I feel like a lot of people are, uh, that is that is to me a recipe for disaster. That is when the guy is going to come and be at his absolute best. And from my standpoint, that means for a long night. Uh, a, a long night and a long fight. But that doesn't mean that Conor McGregor can't get it done and can't get three rounds from Donald Cerrone. He's that good a striker. He he is that quick. If I'm assuming that Conor McGregor is going to have a little bit of a speed advantage here, that we are going to see a little bit of vintage McGregor, uh, I could see him going out there and and putting it on Donald Cerrone for multiple rounds, and especially in a situation where I think a lot of the judges are going to be leaning towards Conor McGregor. I think that a lot of the crowd is going to be leaning towards Conor McGregor, um, and, I, and I see a fight that goes the distance, but ultimately, the Irishman's going to get his hand raised, and we'll find ourselves in an interesting position. What does he do next? Um, because that's been the really interesting case: is where does he go from here? He's been mentioned in Masvidal uh, as as a as a as a guy that he would like to take on. I think that would be bad news for him, just because of of the of the you know we want to talk about guys who uh, where they are in their careers. And from my standpoint, Masvidal right now, he's in another galaxy just as far as what this last year has been. Doesn't mean that Connor can't beat him, but for right now, it seems like if you were to tell me where where are these two gentlemen, if they were if that was to be Connor's first fight back, I just feel like that would be bad news. It's like you're ta- you're taking a, a turtle versus a jackrabbit. Like it's 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 just it's it's not it's not lining up for them at the right at the right at the right standpoint. Um 
Kamar Usman he's thrown out there as far as the welterweight title is concerned. I mean, let's see, man. I mean, this is going to be interesting as far as what this welterweight um, shield will look like for him because, you know, he's saying that he's underweight, so maybe it's overplayed. I think ultimately he wants to get back to Khabib. I don't think that any of this um, this, this welterweight talk, saying that you want to fight Masvidal, saying that you want to fight Kamar Usman, I don't buy a lot of it. I think all of this, all, all paths lead to Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's what he wants to get back to. That's the biggest payday. That's the thing that I think means the most to him. And for all this new nice Mr. McGregor that's that's been thrown out there, Mr. Respectful, when they brought up uh, Nurmaga Madoff, that still, that still tweaks something in him where he wanted to really make a point that the guy is scared of him and that the guy doesn't want to get back in the octagon with him and that the guy has no interest in fighting him. That still tweaked him. And you saw those old flashes come back. So... This guy's this guy's been a, a a guy where with McGregor, there's a lot of paths to think about. There's a lot of avenues to go around and all that stuff. But ultimately, ultimately, he has had one task, one thing that he's wanted to get done. When he lost to Nate Diaz, it was fighting Nate Diaz. But before after Nate Diaz, it was winning the second belt. Before winning everything, it was beating Jose Aldo for the featherweight title. The singular thing that he wants to get done is get back in the octagon with Khabib Nurmagomedov and win that championship. Now, all that's predicated upon whether or not Habib is going to actually is going to be able to actually beat Tony Ferguson. Maybe that'll make the fight easier. Who knows? If 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 Habib is champion and he truly doesn't want to fight Conor McGregor, he's going to have more say so. If he loses the championship and Dana White says, "Okay, you got to take up the top contender to get back to the belt." Who's that going to be? Conor McGregor. So, I think ultimately this year ends with Conor and Khabib back in an octagon together cuz I think that's what the UFC wants. I think that's what Conor wants, and I think ultimately you have those two factors in your favor. That's probably what's going to happen. So this window dressing of Masvidal, this 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 talk of Kamara Usman, I think it kind of throws all of that out there because you need other paths. You need to, to lay the groundwork in case things don't go your way. But ultimately, that's what he wants. And that's and that's where I think we're going to end up by the end of year, by the end of 2020. We're back with more after this. Tevin Farmer is going to join us. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Very excited to talk to our next guest here. This is the IBF Super Featherweight Champion of the World. Incredible story. This guy uh, is, you know, we talk about, we talked to, you know, we had Blake Davis here earlier in studio and he's 4-0 and obviously has uh seems like he has the moon in front of him as 
you know, they're going to try and, and build up this this great career, a guy who's already got a big local following. And a lot of these guys, you know, that's 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 the plan it's supposed to go to. Shout out to, you know, Xander Zayas, our guy, uh, you know, 17-year-old sensation, one yesterday, went to 3-0 and on, on ESPN+, Plus, getting himself a nice win. This, you got to see, by the way, uh, I, I retweeted, so you guys can go see it on my Twitter account, Apron underscore Tobin. Go see this 13-punch this combination that Xander unloaded on this poor bastard that he faced yesterday. But, you know, a lot of these guys, you think that it's gonna, you're going to build up this long, undefeated resume, and that's what it's going to be. And you're, you're, you got everything going according to plan. This is a guy that, in Tevin Farmer, things didn't go according to plan. You know, lost a lot of early fights, had an okay record. Had a, had a gunshot wound to his hand, wasn't going to fight anymore, and now he's champion of the world, going for his fifth, sixth title defense. Um, has been has been awesome, and is, is just such a slick boxer, uh, very, very, uh, very, very talented fighter, and he's going to be on the card coming up here into zone. That's going to have Demetrius Andre on that card, a middleweight champion of the world. He's going to be defending his title. Uh, Jake Paul. YouTuber, he's going to be fighting on the card. How about that? Little Logan Paul. Little Logan Paul's going to be fighting on the card. The zone, keep it up the Paul relationship. So that's going to be going on. But Tevin Farmer, also worth the price of admission. So you guys know, look, we've been talking about it all the time here. You want the big national cards coming down here and to, to get more shine down here in South Florida, you want to go check out this card at the Meridian in, uh, in, in Miami as we have that card coming up here, Super Bowl week. It's going to be the Thursday of the week, I think the 30th. So, Tevin Farmer is going to be on that, and we got a chance to talk to Tevin this week, and this is what he had to say. Very excited to be joined by our next guest. Now, we got ourselves, you know I'm always wanting the, the big fights down here in Miami. We got Super Bowl week coming up here, and DAZN has put on a hell of a card. Miami Fight Night, January 30th at the Meriden at Island Gardens, and we are joined by the IBF Super Featherweight Champion, Tevin Farmer. He is joining us. He's going to be taking on JoJo Diaz. This is a, a match that a lot of people have been waiting for. Tevin, uh, thank you for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man, for having me. Well, it's, it's very exciting to have you, man. And this is a fight that boxing fans have been waiting for for a long time. You guys have been looking to get, uh, get, get in a ring with each other for, for a little bit. Are you excited that uh, this matchup is finally happening? Yeah, I, I am. Um, and the reason being is because, you know, in boxing, um, it'd it be a lot of trash talk going on, and um, a lot of fights never get made. I'm just happy that uh, this fight uh, finally got made. It's been going on for, like, a little like probably like a year now and um in like 20 what 21 20 days we um uh, we'll see each other in the ring when when he started uh did the did the call out from from uh from Diaz did it start did it hit, start from his end coming at you uh Tevin and what did you think of it initially because you guys got very uh very uh, confrontational with each other in each other's faces uh so what what started i guess the 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 riff there and and why did it get so heated between you two yeah, i guess he started calling me out first and um of course everybody wanted to get a shot at the title but then he just started saying disrespectful stuff. And then one day I seen him in, um, in Las Vegas, and, and, and I approached him. And what and what uh, and what went down? Like, uh, what was the first thing that you brought up to him? And how did it did it? How did it go? Uh, how did it, how did it go in your mind that it was going to go? And then what did reality? Uh, what what played out in reality? I basically I basically like like what's up? Like like what, what's all that shit he was talking and all that? You know what I'm saying? Because he's being disrespectful. Yeah. And um, it, it 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 got a little loud, and security was over there, <laughs> and stuff like that. 
Uh, so it, it, these things, like, uh, did you did you think that like when you when there are callouts and fights, Tevin? Like, is it what 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 gets to the point where guys are being uh, where it crosses the line? Because you know you know that guys are trying to get fights and they're trying to get names, and as a champion, people are going to target you. Um, but what are things that you don't tolerate and 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 do step over the line that maybe he did? Oh, any anything that don't have nothing to do with boxing. When you start mentioning stuff. When you start mentioning things that had nothing to do with boxing, like personal life stuff, then they get personal. We're talking to Tevin Farmer. He is going to be defending his championship, IBF Super uh, Featherweight Championship, on January 30th. It is Fight Night Miami down here on DAZN. You guys can check it out. Uh, now, Tevin, this is – I mean, what a, what a great story you are with uh, with winning your championship. This, this title run that you're on – did you expect this uh, at some point? Like, you always believed in your skill set, but it really has been inspirational seeing what your championship brain has been like because you're not the prototypical guy who has been built up with, uh, with the fluff record. Like, you really brought yourself all the way back to get to this point. Um, did you think it was going to – like, was there a time where you didn't think you were going to be at this point? And, and are you impressed how, how high you've gotten to? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Uh, well, nothing, you know. I always, I always knew I would get to this point. And uh, they say you, when you believe it, it happens. And, um, I just kept working. I knew, I knew I'd get here. I just had to, I had to, had to fix a couple things and, um, and get some things right and switch up my team and do a couple other things. And I knew I would do it. It was just a matter of time, and the time is now. And what do you th- and, and do you feel like there's there's like an, another even level to get to uh, from where you're at right now? Absolutely, I feel like it's I feel like it's two to three levels to get to four levels, maybe. <laughs> what is yeah. a, and so like what if if I'm talking to you in about twelve months time, like what do you what do you want 2020 to be for yourself? Where do you where do you see yourself, and where and what and what are some of the goals that you want to take down aside from continuing your reign as champ? In 2020, I at least want to be uh, a unified champion. Uh, I, I want to pick up another belt. At least that's my small small term goal. But if I go if, if I go fight for all the belts in 2020, that'd be even better, you know. And um, eventually, um, be named as one of the best in the world, pound for pound. You do such a great job. Every time you step into the ring, uh, your elusiveness, your your defensive prowess, your boxing skill set. Um, when did you, when did you get so damn good at like, you know, a lot of people are mesmerized by the guys who go out there and, uh, and knock fools out, but like your, your ability to make people miss like that matrix stuff you were doing in your last fight was absolutely crazy. When did you get, yeah. uh, when did you know like you were going to be great at making people look foolish in the ring that way? Um, I always knew I was good at it. Um, it just, I just started to embrace it more. And I had to figure out, like, all right, this is my thing. Once you learn yourself, no matter what it is, boxing or outside of boxing, you got to know yourself. Once you learn yourself, you get to um, you get to master it. And once I learned, I, that's what I was good at. I mastered it. And um, maybe, yeah, like probably like 2012, 2013. And was uh, was there was there a, something that clicked in the gym? Was it a was it a person or was it all within yourself that you knew this is the way I got to be? Well, it, 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 it was in myself. I, it clicked in myself. You know, I had I had a coach that taught me a lot of that stuff, and then um, um, I, I had to move forward, move on forward with a new trainer, and um, it clicked. You know, as I got older, 
as I got more experience in boxing, it, it all fell in place. You know, I embraced it and, and took it on. We're talking to Tevin Farmer. You guys can watch him fight January 30th at the Meriden at Island Gardens. Miami fight night to zone. Pretty awesome that during Super Bowl week uh, we're going to get a huge boxing match here. A couple of title fights. Demetrius Andre is going to be on this card as well. Are you excited to fight in Miami, Tevin? What is, uh, have you been oh, down man. to South Florida a bunch? I have been there not a bunch, maybe once. Um, and I'm I'm very excited to um, fight down there. I can't wait. It's going to be it's going to be live. It's going to be lit. Um a lot of people gonna come out there, you know. Miami, Miami is the place to be, and um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of everybody out there, and I can't wait to um go out there, go get this victory, and then go and go celebrate a real celebration. Sometimes we we um we we, we fight in places to where there's really nowhere to celebrate at, but this time it's gonna be a lot of places to celebrate. Not only a lot of places to celebrate, but everybody, like the entire sporting universe, is going to be down here, basically celebrating, getting ready for the big game. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a wild atmosphere, man. Yeah, I can't wait. I actually will be going to the game. Um, um, Patrick um, Peterson supposed to get, give me some tickets, but we're going to see um, how I feel after the fight. Oh wow! So like, are you? Uh, I know you're a Philly guy. Like, are you an Eagles fan? Is there anybody in the playoffs that you're still you're still pulling for? Um, I'm not really football is my first sport, my my first sport, and my used to be my favorite sport. But at this moment, um, I'm not really a, a, a football guy no more. But I would like for the Eagles. I don't know if they're out or not. I think they're out. They're out. Sure. They're out. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. It was still a, it was it was still a good run. At least you guys made the playoffs. Dolphins had a hard year down here that we had to deal with going through. Yeah. So. Uh, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, the Dolphins made it. No, man. The Dolphins were like they were one of the worst teams in the league this year. They were they were one of the worst teams in the league this year, but uh, hopefully they'll, they'll they'll draft themselves a good QB and and be in a better spot. But uh, but, but as far as Miami football, like it's it's basically going to be everybody down here celebrating your fight and then the, the and then the big football game that week. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. And um, everybody's listening and, and, and um to this to, to the station. Make sure they go to um to my YouTube channel. No, got to get that in there. Yeah. Um, you, can I, Tevin, can I ask you about that? Like, you have these documentaries yeah. that are going down, like No Days Off. Can you explain a little bit about what people get a peek on on those? Because they look really oh, cool no and day- inspirational. <laughs> Thank you. No Days Off is giving people a little insight on um, on, on, on what I do in camp, my work ethic, and um, what I do to, to, to perfect my craft. And I just, you know, most fans, um, and supporters want to know know those type of things, and most fighters don't never show it. So I wanted to bring something different, and I wanted the um, fans to, to to actually see what goes on when you're training for a twelve round fight. And um, I want to inspire people from my story. You know, I have a I have I have a crazy story. You know, and a lot of people always say it's too late, or a lot of people quit to give up. So I feel like when a lot of people watch my new days off. They get a little, um, they get motivated and they get inspired, and they, um, it helps them. But you, uh, yeah, I mean, they, you know, you had that the hand injury that happened where you were with, uh, with getting shot in the hand, and they said you weren't going to box again. Um, like it's pretty, it's pretty bananas, man, that you you've gotten to this point. Like, did you for a second ever let what that doctor told you uh, seep into your mind, or or were you always like, there's no shot that this is gonna that this is how it's gonna end? No, it didn't speak in my mind, but when it said it, 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 my eyes got big. But after I left, I was like, all right, man, that's not happening. 
That's awesome. So, Tevin, uh, cool. how is it going down with JoJo Diaz this weekend? What's the, what, uh, How's it going down in a few weeks? What's your prediction for it? Um, I'm not sure. I just know, I, I just know I, I'll be victorious. Well, we appreciate your time, man. We're looking forward to the fight. And enjoy South Florida when you're down here, okay? Yeah, and by the way, the YouTube is Life is Tevin and Polka. Tevin, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. That's Tevin Farmer, IBF, uh, super, super featherweight champion of the world. Uh, really, really fun fighter to watch. Um, I know that, like I said, everybody gets enamored with the with the knockouts, and I know there's been some back and forth between him and Javante Davis, even though Javante's gone up in weight. Um, but, you know, Tevin's a different kind of cat as far as the way he goes about his business, and uh, he's a fun addition to that card if you guys are looking forward to uh, uh, January 30th, the zone coming down here at the Meridian. So go check that on out. That'll be fun as well. Had this weekend, you had Clarissa Shields get herself a win as she becomes the fastest uh, boxer to win a divi- uh, title in three different divisions. She passed uh, Vasily Lomachenko for his record, and that, of course, was a little bit delayed because of the whole thing that went down with Avena Habazin's uh, trainer. So she finally got that done on, on Showtime Boxing yesterday. Uh, a, a good win for her. Uh, next week coming up, we, of course, have UFC 246. Other than the McGregor-Donald-Cerrone fight, you have Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. Don't know if that knocks, any, knocks anybody's socks off. Uh, Anthony Pettis is on this card. He's taking on Carlos uh, Diego Fer- uh, Ferreira. So you guys can check that. Macy Barber's going to be on this card. She's been a fun fight to watch. Um, Andre Feely versus uh, Sadiq Youssef. That's a, fun, that's a fun fight as well. That's on the, uh, on the, on the prelims. Chess Kelly. Chess Kelly on the on the up and up. When's the last time Chess Kelly's been on the uh, uh, in action? It feels like it's been a little bit. No, he's been, well. He fought he fought back in September. Chess Kelly is uh, you'll see him locally at a lot of stuff down here too. So he's going to be uh, he's going to be in action taking on Grant Dawson on the prelims. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm a little more interested in the prelims than I am actually the main card up until you get to Cowboy Cerrone versus Conor McGregor. Um, but still a fun night. Look, it's been a while for the UFC. Uh, they've been uh, the last the last fight was on December twenty first, so it's been a, it's been a little bit. They've been they've been dragging out, so it's been cool. We've been been able to uh, to get a little bit of a UFC break, but this is going to be fun. It's a McGregor fight week. Uh, Don Cerrone and him. It's going to be a fun lead up to both of those guys, both charismatic, both fan favorites, and just one for fun. like. Th- I'm glad that the UFC has gone to this. And shout out to Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal for uh, for for bringing back the old you don't need a title to main event fights. Uh, it's it's been good to see. Like McGregor did that back with Nate Diaz, and I know that was on short notice because a uh, title fight got canceled. But it's 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 good to see. Look, it, sometimes you don't need a belt at the end of the night to uh, to to just celebrate a main event and a fight that fans have been wanting to see. This has been a fight that fans have been wanting to see for a while. McGregor versus Cowboy. You wish that I guess Cowboy was uh, was 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 riding a little hard, but don't forget these both. It's not like Conor McGregor's on some some vicious win streak. These guys both are looking to get back in the win column. Um, so that's what we got. That's what we got coming up next week. It'll be a, a hell of a lot of fun coming up uh, from Las Vegas. It'll be a lot of fun. So I'm gonna go with McGregor winning by decision. I don't think anybody's gonna get stopped in this fight. I think that. Uh, you have one of those nights where you think everything is going to go either one way or the other, and one guy's going to get obliterated. I think both these guys are such skilled strikers. They know what they're looking for. I think both guys will get their moments in, and I, I'm going like a close 48-47 towards McGregor, getting the nod over Cowboy. Um, and and I think they, I think they make I think this this can stylistically make up for a really really fun fight between the two of them. 
So looking forward to it. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll have a full recap for you guys next week. You missed any of this show, download the podcast. Thanks to Bad Lake Davis for stopping in. Uh, if you guys missed that, it'll be up on our, our, our tickets website. You guys can download the podcast. It'll be up on YouTube as well. You guys can check it out there. Thanks to Tevin Farmer for joining us. Uh, you guys can be able to download that as well. Appreciate him spending some time with us. And everybody enjoy your fight week. Everybody have a great, fantastic week. Enjoy the football today. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow morning, 6 to 10 a.m. Have a full recap for it. I'm pretty sure Leroy is going to be no pants because of uh, Tannehill being in the conference championship game. Ugh. I know. I don't know what to tell you. 88 yards. I mean, what are we going to do? You know? Yeah. Former wide receiver. Former wide receiver. He's going to win Super Bowl MVP. Watch. Uh, it's going to be, I mean, I mean, he literally is out here. He's 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 like he's like an he's like an ostrich jockey. He's like literally like riding Derrick Henry all the way to the to the damn conference championship. But hey, you know what? You deal with all the crap that he's had with down here. I guess he deserves it. That's karma. That's good karma coming his way. Unbelievable. Anyway, everybody have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See ya.